This is another Natural Law episode, episode number 47 on Anchor Spotify. Today's date is, I'm trying to think, August, I think it's August 15th, 2021. And I'm in my addiction series, part 10. And uh, this is about what I predicted, the amount of parts here for this addiction series. And I could do many, many more. I have enough content to do another 10 series, but I don't know if I'm going to do that. Like I said in the last episode, I think I'm probably going to wrap it up in one more episode, maybe two, as far as the addiction series, and then incorporate addictions into the natural law format, um, more than likely. So once again, my name is Bill Hoy, and this is natural law episode number 47, addiction series, part 10. My website is willhoy.com. And I'm just, uh, let's get to the content, I guess. Um, I'm going to, let's see, I want to just touch on some notes from the last episode. In the last episode, the music, the music started playing in the middle of the program and I didn't hear it. Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know how that happened. I can't figure out how that happened. Um, but I'm trying something new here. Thank Maybe, maybe this will work, but I obviously did not hear that. It was like silent. I don't get that. Very, very strange. Very strange. Something I'm still learning this technology. So, but I don't know. I think I fixed it. I don't know. I'll see. But just moving on. Um, just want to say that, you know, science. Science itself will never be settled. You know, I was talking a little bit about that in the last episode, and science itself will never be settled. Okay, now, the only things in science that are settled are laws. Okay, laws. Okay, the, I'll give you an example. The germ theory, that's not a law. The the theory of how viruses transmit, that's not a law. Gravity is a law. That's settled. But once again, even with something like gravity, that's settled. And it's not even, you know what? It's not even settled. Really settled just implies that human beings, once again, like a religion, just say, this is it. This is, this is as far as is needed to go. This is all we need to know. Or this is all you need to know. All the, the slave class, this is all you need to know. We'll keep the rest of the knowledge for ourselves. What um, many researchers refer to as occulted knowledge, hidden knowledge. The occult. What would be considered, that would be considered like a dark occult kind of thing. You know, somebody 
hiding information for their benefit at someone else's expense and and look at the cases of you know what's going on currently in august 2021 you know with these vaccines a lot of people are being injured a lot of people are being injured and disinformation is is being occulted and the information's out there. I mean, you can look in the CDC's uh, vaccine adverse reaction, uh, adverse event reporting system, theirs. It's there. But you see, once again, I'm doing a series on this. And right now I'm getting ready to release uh, external reinforcement. The collective mind of people, people are dependent on external cues and they're dependent on that news media, the mainstream news media whether you know mostly on the television and newspapers and even on the internet folks um but they you you know that's what dark occulting is the people who control those media outlets don't release this information and let people know hey there's there's a very high chance you could be injured if you take this vaccine and it could be very likely that your injury could be as serious as death or, or a lifelong handicap. That is a very, it's a, it's a, it's a high possibility. And once again, with these going back to these, these theories, okay, the germ theory, that's not, that's not settled. That's not a law. But once again, even with something like gravity, I tend to go on tangents, so I, I, I went a little bit on a tangent there. But let's get back to, you know, I want to, I got a lot of content here I want to get through um, in, in a good amount of time. Um, gravity, while that's a law, and you, people might say, oh, well, that's settled. Gravity is settled. And yeah, it is settled, but it's not really settled. It just is. <clears throat> it's not like, it's not like people just said, well, th this is as far as we're going to research into gravity and we'll just we'll just stop right here and we'll say it's settled. No, gravity is. It's a law. A law is a rule that always happens, will always happen, always happen in, in the certain conditions, okay? And I've been over this in my podcast, human... Humans cannot make laws. And I'll tell you at least, you know, I'll tell you one thing, at least with these with these mandates, they're you know, they're just they're, they're just calling them executive orders. These rulers, governors and presidents are just calling them executive orders and mandates and stuff like that. And and at least they're being more honest. At least they're not trying to blow as the saying goes, blow smoke up our asses and call them laws. They're not laws. Humans do not make laws. Humans can never make a law. Humans make rules and they back them with violence and and threats and duress and other crimes like extortion. Um, so at least the at least I'll tell you if, if you're really looking and, and observing at what's going on, <clears throat> you'll see that things are becoming more transparent. And while that's that should be very unnerving, that that should be very that should make people very extremely concerned that 
these rulers with these executive orders aren't even going through any kind of from an inside the box perspective i've been over this, so i don't want to go over this too much from an inside the box perspective even going through the democratic process which once again democracy does not is not synonymous with freedom and democracy is not synonymous with morality but democracy is an improvement to a, in just an executive order or which is a dictate which is a euphemism for a dictate executive order like they're the they're they're the take a look at that you know the green language how these are executive orders like they're you know we're a company and we're the employees of, of these rulers and you know what folks you can look into the work of Jordan Maxwell. Jordan Maxwell talks about a lot about how the United States is a corporation and we are the, the employees of this corporation and we're really the slaves, you know. Um, but once again, let me just, let me try to stay focused here. Let's go back to the start, okay? Let's start over. Um, I'm going to start over. Like I said, science will never be settled. Gravity, while you can say oh, oh, laws, laws are settled, but they're not settled by humans. Laws just are. Laws exist no matter what. Gravity exists no matter what. And laws, even with laws that are automatic, there is still room for observation and discovery of how things interact with laws and how to use laws for the benefit of all humans morally okay so i just wanted to touch on that i definitely went a little bit more into went off on a couple tangents and stuff like that but it's all related um so i just want to settle this <laughs> that was a joke um i just um an attempt at a joke um science will never be settled but laws are constant and inherent and universal and immutable they're they're unalienable they don't change they, you can't alter them so I would say gravity, the law of gravity is settled, but it's not really settled because humans didn't just say, okay, this is it. This is all we're going to go with gravity. We'll stop here. No, gravity, it just is. It is. And it's, it's natural. It's inherent. It will always happen. And once again, even with laws that are that are finite there's ways to observe and discover those laws more into those laws and find out how we can create technologies that are beneficial to all sentient beings on this planet and our planet's life support systems so even with laws, science is never settled. Science is observation and discovery into infinity. I'm going to move on. Well, continuing about laws, I'm going through my bullet points here. Laws are evidence of a creator or God. 
something that always happens in certain situations, no matter what any human does, is evidence of a, of a spiritual higher power. That's, that's these laws, folks. These laws of gravity, laws of thermodynamics, laws of behavior. Look at the laws of behavior. I mean, just look at our society right now. Look at our society right now. You think we're you think we're becoming more moral, and we're becoming more free as a society becomes more moral, it becomes more free, and vice versa. More immoral, more enslaved, less free, more enslaved. Look at our society, folks. I'm you know once again I'm from America, but it, it, this is a worldwide thing, folks. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind when you think everything's fine in, in your little your little tucked away area. Take a look around the world and everything. This whole coronavirus thing is all all encompassing every everywhere in the world that this is happening. It's called communism, folks. International socialism. Um, you know, with some, you know, with plenty of corporate fascism to be mixed in as well. <clears throat> um, it, it's totalitarianism, folks. It doesn't matter what you want to call it. It's totalitarianism. But once again, I, I wanted to mention something, but uh, I, I just, I really wanted to mention something good. But but I, I'm just trying to take a second to just think about it. And I think I'm gonna just move on. Um, so, as I was saying during the unintended unintended music interruption <laughs> that I didn't even hear, that was really bizarre. Spirituality is the key to human freedom. And when it comes to the AA programs, which is what I was talking about, NA programs, they should just they should just stop right with the spirituality. Just stop. Just stop it and don't go to the bait and switch to the religion. Just stay right there with the spirituality. Like I said with the AA programs, as far as meeting places where people can go and feel comfortable around people who understand the things that they're going through, leave it, leave it at that. Leave it at that. And then you want to talk about some spirituality, leave it at that. I say those programs would be great if that was all they are. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So I'm going to continue on. Damn, I really, I really had something I wanted to say about what's going on recently, and just try to a, a, a good reminder for people, um, you know, with all this coronavirus stuff. And uh, oh yeah, I remember what it was. Um, I just want to mention. I, I think I mentioned this before, but just keep in mind that all this stuff that's going on is putting a lot of pressure on us and we're putting that pressure on ourselves. That's how it works. The people, the, the dictators dictate and the people enforce the, the dictates on themselves and, and comply with those dictates. And that creates the tension and the psychological problems and stuff like that and addiction, plenty of addiction going on. Once again, folks, like I said, I think uh, June 2020, uh, to June 2021, I think we're going to crack 100,000 uh, overdoses. Um, I think we're going to crack 100,000 overdose deaths here in the United States, um, which is just, I mean, 80,000 this past year is just absolutely, I mean, you want to talk about 
a pandemic. I've been over this, so let's keep going. But I really think this is a distraction for something more. And I've I've actually mentioned this. So I mentioned this a couple of podcast episodes ago. So I just want to just keep that reminder. Always, always be aware, folks, whenever you see something really, I mean, they're putting all, they, um, we're putting all this pressure on ourselves, we the citizenry, but the facilitators, once again, external reinforcement, uh, what I talk about in this uh, um, series I'm about to put out about the collective mass uh, public mind, um, the public's the mass mind, um, the people are dependent on external cues, people are dependent uh, on on what the television tells them. People are dependent on what the newspapers tell them. People are dependent on what their websites tell them. People are dependent on what others are doing. Oh, hey, uh, I'm not, I'll only take this vaccine if you take this vaccine. Well, why don't you take a vaccine? Because you wanna take a vaccine because you think that it's beneficial for you. Why would you do, because someone tells you to take it or because you see someone take it, why would you, you know, those, People who are dependent on external cues suffer from psychological problems big time. Uh, and so let me just move on. Once again, um, just 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 keep your eye out because lots of times this kind of stuff is a big distraction because you have to remember there's, I, I talk about the secret societies and, and the rulers, the invisible rulers that um, Bernays talks about that um, uh, Edith Starr Miller and occult the book Occult Theocracy talks about these invisible rulers above what you see the politicians and all that they have plans even above like a Bill Gates who's kind of semi-public and like a Kissinger semi-public um, I'm telling you there's something more to this definitely so anyway, um, one note on abstinence. As mentioned earlier <clears throat> in earlier addiction series podcasts, a person cannot be abstinent from food, like with Overeaters Anonymous. And I talked a little bit about this in, I think, like the first addiction series podcast. Um, you have to remember that, once again, abstinence from something toxic is a great idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. But... Abstinence as a dogmatic, rigid tenant, overarching tenant, is once again, it's 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 not going to work. And there's your example, Overeaters Anonymous. Well, okay, you have Overeaters Anonymous. You can't. I mean, anyone with half a brain is going to be able to figure out that. If they don't eat, they're gonna die. So abstinence as a rigid tenant for a food addiction is not gonna work. But and your overeaters anonymous actually, you know, they mostly. I guess. I mean, I I talked to a couple people in that were in that program, and most of them would just say that they would tell you to cut out like the sugary foods or don't eat more than you really need to and stuff like that. So that's harm reduction. That's moderation. So there you have it. And that's just, it's just something to look into folks. 
once again, there's there, I could talk about all this stuff for a long time. I, I could go to 20 episodes here easily with all the information I have. I still I haven't even nearly cracked a lot of the information that I have in, in my archives here with this stuff. So this evidence here that I'm pointing out with the the, the dogmatic uh, rigid tenant of abstinence as universal is not applicable it, it, you know with over with overeaters anonymous this is good evidence that abstinence is not a necessity to recover from extreme obsessive compulsive addiction and addiction period okay once again it let's take the case with overeaters anonymous it's good to be abstinent from sugary foods sugary foods refined sugar is is a poison it's a poison it's a poison it's toxic um, fried foods, toxic, toxic to the body. Good to be absent in front of that stuff. Just, but once again, you don't have to be absent to recover from addiction. Once again, ad nauseum, as I always say, if you're in a program and you're staying abstinent and you're having success, by all means, stick with that. By all means, stick with that. Okay. I'm going to an next bullet point. Um, I think AA is better than NA. Okay, this is this is my opinion. Okay, some people may not think so, and that's fine. But here's what I think. I think AA is better than NA because most NA meetings, most I said, not all, consist of people who want to revel in their drug use, which once again, I want to be clear, that happens in AA meetings. People, they call them uh, drunkologs. I, I think I mentioned that. Um, they call them drunkologs, you know, where people just go into their, pe people go into big stories, reminiscing and romancing their, their past irresponsible and sometimes even dangerous behavior, dangerous to themselves and others. And that happens in AA as well. But most NA meetings consist of people who want to revel in their drug use. And, and I'll even add their criminal behavior. When I say criminal behavior, I don't mean the using of drugs. I mean like People actually bragging about breaking into people's homes and, and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's nothing to brag about, man. You're breaking into someone's home. You're a piece of shit. Definitely. I don't care how addicted you are. I, I, I hear somebody bragging about breaking into somebody's home or strong-arming people or... I've heard people bragging about, I've been in NA meetings, I've heard people bragging about, you know, physically assaulting very violently people and taking things from them. <clears throat> Nothing to brag about. You're trash. You're trash, you do that to people. Once again, using drugs, no problem. Okay? But... When you start talking about, you're talking about breaking into somebody's home. 
you're 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 someone that needs to be you're someone needs to be put down. I see you in my home. I'm putting you down. Um, <clears throat> but now, nonviolent forms of theft can be worked with. Um, but when you're breaking into people's homes and 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 actually physically assaulting people and stealing from them, you're someone that needs to be put down. <clears throat> and I don't want to hear about your 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 addiction problems you're someone that needs to be put down but anyway put down meaning killed okay want to be clear um so that is a very very counterproductive part of the program and the biggest problem with it is that in these meetings, these people who engage in these horrendous activities, horrendous real crimes, okay, real crimes, crimes again, you know, initiating, folks, initiating physical harm, um, folks, breaking into someone's home is initiating physical harm to somebody. You're physically harming someone. You're physically trespassing against someone. You're physically stealing someone's right to be secure in their home, in their person. So you're, you're, you're engaging, even if you don't <clears throat> engage in any violence against somebody in the home, you're initiating physical harm against somebody. You're stealing. Stealing is initiating physical harm against somebody because you're creating harm in the physical realm. Not with just words, not insulting somebody. You're actually physically creating harm to someone. So these people, they want to revel in their drug use. And the worst thing about it is people look at them as almost like, like they're put, like they're, they're higher than life, I guess. People, people revere these people. People look at them like, oh, wow, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really counterproductive, incredibly counterproductive. And also, there's more division in NA, much more division. There's division in AA, but there's more division. And I think it's more volatile. In, in, in addition to steppers versus non-steppers which you get in both of those na and aa there are there's there are people who feel that others are not worthy this is na there there are people who feel that others are not worthy of them because they have not gone as far into the dregs of addiction as them you get a lot of that in na you get a lot of that in na a lot of alienating of people and I just, I think that's terrible. But let me tell you something. I, I've, I've seen alienating in AA as well. I've seen people harassed much more in NA, but I've seen people harassed in AA as well. Harassed and, and, and put down verbally. Shaming people. Seen a lot of that. You know what, folks? 
I'm just going to be honest with you. I really don't like these programs. I really don't. Once again, like I said, a place where people can go to f feel better. That's good. Spirituality. That's great. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. I think I'm just going to move on from that. And I just want to just mention the NER, NERSARC, okay, that's an acronym, N-E-R-S-A-R-C, National Epidemiological, <clears throat> excuse me, National Epidemiological Research Survey of Alcoholism and Related Conditions. And these studies show that most people recover from addiction on their own. Now, you're, you go to research this, let's say on PubMed, I'm sure most likely it, it's not going to come right out and tell you that. You have to actually look into it. See, this is another thing like, like uh, with George Valiant's research. George Valiant's research, um, I think I, I thought I touched on this. I'm just trying to look through my notes. Wow, I thought I touched on this. I guess I didn't. But like George Valiant's research, George Valiant's research doesn't come around and say, hey, guess what? Uh, only 5% of people stay in AA. It only has a 5% success rate over a long period of time. No, you have to actually look into the research. You have to look into it. Because George Valiant's study was based on the fact that for people who stay in AA, they stay abstinent and they stay alcohol. They they recover from at least alcoholism. I say I say they don't recover. Most of them don't recover from addiction, but they recover from alcoholism. Alcoholism is a part of addiction, but addiction is is much different. Addiction is more universal. Alcoholism is specific to alcohol, but. Valiant study do show that people who stay in, in AA long term do recover from alcoholism and do stay, you know, stay abstinent. But when you look more into his research, you'll see that that was only 5% of all the people who um, participated in his study. And from what I remember, he did, it was a pretty large, it was a long, long, it was 40 year study and it was, it was a good sample size. I should probably take a look at that, that research again. But my point here is when you look into research, research isn't always just going to come right out and tell you like your news station does what you want to hear. You have to actually look into it. You have to actually look into the research and sometimes you have to do some do some analytical reasoning to, to find the inconsistencies and contradictions in, in that research or there's in, there, lots of times with these research they'll put out the finding but when you look into the statistics you, you you'll you'll find other 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 things that the publishers of the research don't actually mention. That's the point I'm trying to make. I'll summarize it this way. When you're looking into research, once again, 
like I said, it's not just going to come right out in mo most cases. In many cases, most cases, it's not just going to come right out and tell you what you want to hear. You have to actually look into it. All right, so let me move on from all that. Um, addiction. I'm going to I'm going to go into addiction treatment centers. The final final part of this, uh, the the 12 steps. The I mean the the disease of addiction, 12 steps, and the treatment centers. Not all treatment centers, but most treatment centers are pretty much intertwined. I, I mentioned that. So this is this is the last part of that, talking about the treatment centers, and probably just going to cover some stuff. Well, let me just get into it. Um, addiction treatment centers are interconnected with the 12 steps of disease of addiction ideology and the criminal justice system. Yeah, I'm going to mention that as well. That's another part. That's another part. It's uh, it's 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 it, it, it's not a it, it, it's that trilogy there. It's not really actually a trilogy. It's 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 I don't know what what four elegies are. <laughs> Quadrilogy, I guess maybe I don't know. Um, but it's it's that's your four-headed hydra there. The addictions treatment centers, 12-step groups, the disease of addiction ideology, and the criminal justice system. Criminal justice system is a major player in there. I mentioned the coercion into the programs. Mainly, most NA people are, are, are coerced. Many AA people are coerced as well to attend those programs by the criminal justice system, which, folks, I've mentioned the criminal justice system. The criminal justice system itself and I hope I actually get an opportunity to, to mention this, is illogical on its face because the whole logic of the criminal justice system, and really I say it's not a, most people think criminal justice system meaning justice for people who commit crimes, but then again, you have people committing crimes to punish people and, and attempt to prevent people from committing crimes, which actually a lot of it does. I've talked a little bit about that, how people don't think they can control themselves, wouldn't be able to control themselves if there wasn't a ruling class with a criminal justice system to punish them for transgressions. But anyway, the whole underlying fundamental ideology of a criminal justice system is, is flawed. It's circular because you have people, like I mentioned, committing crimes to punish people for crimes, and at least so the ideology goes, prevent people from committing crimes, which I think it does. I think it does a bit. Okay, I think it does. But the truth is, folks, if someone really wants to commit a crime, they're going to commit it, and all the laws, all laws, yeah, right. All the rules called laws or, or mandates or executive orders are not going to stop someone if they really want to hurt somebody. Not going to stop them. Somebody wants to hurt somebody, they're going to do it. And nothing's going to stop them. But I tell you, what, what could stop them is a person having a firearm on them and the ability to defend themselves. That could stop them. If, if, if a, a person wanting to assault or, or kill somebody 
sees that a person has a firearm on their side, they may, they may not even try to attempt to do it. It could be a deterrent as well as a, a way to stop someone to defend themselves. We could have a, a free society, folks. We could have that. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm going off on a tangent again. Um, but the criminal justice system commits crimes to punish people for crimes. And so they say attempt to prevent crimes. And you, you have to remember you don't, you still have a society that is crime ridden. You still have crimes being committed in a society. And I hope I get to uh, talk about this a little bit when I have, when I'm summoned with the threat of violence to like the slave that I am in my slave society. Look folks, I'm free. I know I'm free. I know I'm free, but I'm living in slavery. And if I don't go to this jury duty, enforcers are going to come to engage in violence against me. And if I don't comply with that violence, that violence could be total. And 260 million adults here in America will think that that's perfectly legitimate what happened to me because I didn't. I was summoned to go to my jury duty and I didn't go. And then an enforcer came to kidnap me and throw me in a cage, arrest me and take me to jail and, and, and human traffic me as well. And, and 260 million and I, and I resisted and the officer killed me and 260 million people would think that's perfectly okay. And that, that officer committed a crime folks. See, once again, committing crimes, committing crimes. That's a crime. I, I did not harm anyone. Let's say in a case where I choose not to go to, to this jury duty, I'm not harming anybody, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not initiating physical, initiating an act of physical aggression towards another sentient being. Not at all. But the officer coming to whoever comes to um, whether it's a local policeman or a sheriff's officer or whatever, I don't know, someone from an agent from the prosecutor's office, whatever, I don't know who that handles that. But um, they're the one engaging in violence against me. I've done nothing, I've harmed no one, and this person's going to want to kidnap me, human traffic me, and human traffic me to a cage. Once again, the whole system is flawed because you have people, you. You're not getting rid of crimes. You're not getting crime. You, you want to get rid of crimes, folks? We, we should live in a society where everyone has the capability to effectively defend themselves with firearms. And we have to start teaching our children and everyone in our society natural behavioral laws and teach people that it's never okay to initiate physical harm against another sentient being and especially teaching that to children when they're in their formative years their core formative years three to six or seven and further reinforcing that through seven eight to twelve and you will have a society that will be almost completely free of crime
I'm telling you, this could happen. This could happen. And this is another reason why I'm, I'm kind of thinking of wrapping up my addiction series because I really have a lot of natural law, behavioral laws stuff, implications for society and stuff that I want to talk about. Because folks, we can have a, a society pretty much free of crime, of violent, especially violent crimes. We could have that. But unfortunately, people are fearful and people believe in the whole concept because we've been conditioned into the concept of human rulership. <clears throat> and we still have crimes being committed. Worst, folks, we are living in a society full of crime. People being, people being threatened with job loss if they don't take a vaccine. That's a crime. That's a that's a physical. That's an initiation of physical aggression. Because people are being coerced into having to choose between the ability to survive or have to having to ingest something into their physical body <clears throat> that's crime we're living in a whole crime ridden society our whole society once again the criminal justice system and i didn't want to get too into this that's why i didn't think about this too much so you know what let's just move on i went off on a little tangent there and i don't want to continue with that but Folks, once again, the criminal justice system does not prevent crimes. It commits crimes. And we're, we're living in a crime-ridden society. I mean, people being kidnapped and thrown in cages for ingesting substance into, substances into their body, having substances on them. It's unbelievable. People being forced, coerced into having to give up their ability to make free will choices of what they can and of what they want to and do not want to put into their bodies, folks. And and though, you know that's crime. That's crime. You're stealing. It's stealing, stealing someone's, stealing someone's free will. That's a physical, that is an initiation of physical aggression. Stealing someone's ability to make moral free will choices. And I've been over this, but I'm, I'm, I want to do more work on this, but I got to move on. Okay. Um, so most substance abuse treatment centers follow the paradigm of the 12 steps, disease of addiction, and uni unify with the criminal justice system um, to varied extents, depending on which state in the U.S. they are located and where their funding originates. And there are outpatient and inpatient treatment centers, okay? Most people think that these treatment centers are a quick cure for addiction problems. That's a big one. There's no cure, folks. There's no, once again, like I said, there's no magic bullet 
There's no magic bullet for this. It takes work. To recover from addiction, it takes work. It takes time. Once again, whether you're abstinent from something or not, it takes time. It takes time to recover from addiction. Okay? For most 12-step oriented and disease model oriented treatment centers, which is the norm, not the exception, as stated previously, the majority of staff do not even truly understand what addiction is and where the true causes and effects arise. That's a big one. These people only know what they're told to know. The information clients receive is bifurcated, contradictory, and riddled with assumptions, extrapolations, and conflations. A great deal of what clients are told about addiction and themselves is outright false. The information clients receive is not based on objective science and research. Folks, I can't stress that enough. That's the majority of treatment centers right there. That's the majority of, 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 of you know people that come through these treatment centers. I mean, really, folks, for the most part, most of these clients in these treatment centers is just told, hey, go to meetings. Well, what the fuck is the sense of me coming in, coming in this treatment center to hear that I have to go to meetings for the rest of my life? What the, f you know, are, are you serious? Did this is this is the this is what I'm told? And I mean, look, folks, I know that you know many people do get to do a little bit of shadow work with their counselors, but not much. First thing, people don't get a lot of time with their counselors, and and, and second thing. Most of these counselors really don't know deeply how to do the shadow work. Many of these counselors are, have addictions they're struggling with themselves. And I don't mean like, like, like the drug addictions. They have other addictions. Many of them have, one is, what is the most common addiction out there, folks? Love addiction, relationship addiction, interpersonal addiction. Most common out there. Most common out there. You know, many of them are going to have addictions. Addictions to human rulership. Addicted to human rulership. Folk, folks, addiction is rooted in fear, and so is the belief in human rulership. That's rooted in fear. Fear is the base of, 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 of all of, of society's ills. A large part of, of society's ills. Fear. Fear is a natural part of our emotions, and it, it's a helpful emotion. It helps humans you know, be alert and stay aware of, of potential dangers. But we humans are manipulated into being consumed by that. And, and fear should not be the ultimate decision maker in in when deciding to engage in a certain behavior or not deciding to be willfully ignorant of objective information fear should be a guide should be a guide and then ultimately our decision should come from internal cues not being led by that fear not having external cues lead us with our fear to decide with our fear we need to humans need to make decisions fear assists the emotion of fear assists in decisions but it doesn't control them it doesn't dominate them that's 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 optimum and 
So most of these counselors have so much, so many issues that they're dealing with themselves. And the biggest problem is, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. Let me, uh, let me just continue through these notes here. Um, you know what? I'm just really going through a lot, folks. I mean, this is this has been a very tough time, and I'm just really, I've been, I guess, myself for weeks here, but I want to get this information out because this 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 is important information. But once again, talking about information that clients receive in these these treatment centers is not based in <clears throat> most of it is not based in many much of it is not based in objective science and research and let's just say you look at valiant study it showed that a works over long periods of time for people who stay in it and the treatment centers say hey go to these programs that works that's that's true these programs have shown that for people who do stay in them, it, the program has worked. But once again, they're not telling people that these programs don't work for everybody. And many times there are ways to, to work, make these programs work for yourself. <clears throat> especially in the beginning. Um, but most of the most of the information clients receive is just mostly dogmatic and it's just I mean you know what most of what the information these clients receive really is is superficial which, a lot of the super superficial things can be beneficial. Like like many times clients just go through how to handle if they have an urge to use a drug, taking a couple moments, letting the urge pass and stuff. That's all good stuff. That's all good stuff. They learn little subtle nuances like that, which is good stuff. That's good stuff. But you have to get to the, you have to teach these clients how to, to really do the shadow work. And you have to teach these clients the truth about our world. Because what people don't realize is our world is the way it is because of our behaviors. That's why our, our society is the way it is, because of our behaviors. Not because of the way we think, not because of what we say. That's part of it. What we think is a big part of it. And what we say, you know, what, what, people say is a big part of it, but ultimately it's people's behaviors that create the suffering in the society that, that we're experiencing. And people have to begin to know that and people have to begin to see how our behaviors have created the reality. And that comes from our thinking, that comes from our thoughts, how our thoughts and ultimately behaviors have created our reality everything around us everything 
pretty much everything we see around us are human created contracts with the constructs with the exception of nature but the suffering we're enduring all come from human created constructs and these people in these treatment centers need to be taught this uh, boy I wish I could get back working in one of these treatment centers I'm from New Jersey in the United States and now they're requiring that people working in because I was getting ready to start looking for employment as a treatment associate in one of these places and now they're saying that you have to take a vaccine and I don't want to take that vaccine so um, it's not looking good anymore for that um, but I just like I was doing in when I worked at the treatment center years ago just giving people information I mean we could give these people I mean the amount of time I mean these people are in these programs these inpatient even outpatient you, there's plenty of time to give people tons of information even an outpatient man even an outpatient plenty of time to give people tons of information I could just I could just dump massive amounts of information on these people they would have more than enough time to look into this stuff I mean think about the amount of time these people have when they're in an inpatient treatment center for say the standard is like 30 days I mean, I could dump massive amounts of information on these people, have them looking into it. I mean, and teaching these people how to align their behaviors. You got to align your behaviors. That's the biggest point. That's the biggest thing. Once again, knowing is, is key, but you have to align your behaviors with the good knowledge that you're obtaining and, and, and knowing. You have to align behaviors. And... most of what these people receive in these treatment centers is just <clears throat> these people are just they're, they're just commodities folks they're just commodities it's a business it's an industry um you have many different outside addictions and also like mental illness help groups conduct meetings and treatment centers and once again you know 12-step groups come in and stuff like that and that, that's fine you know I don't see anything wrong with that um, it's 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 something to help them in the beginning especially you know um, but some of these especially these a lot of these mental illness groups are just uh, they're almost kind of like spokespeople for the pharmaceutical companies not very there's some nefariousness in there um, but I forget the name of uh, it's Valenstein talks about him in his book I, I bet Whitaker probably talks about them too um, but uh, just moving on the the criminal justice system coerces people into attending treatment centers and coerces people into 12-step attendance and you know folks that that's never a solution it's never a solution and how many people out there think that oh well that's a good thing and once again people don't realize a crime is being committed because someone's being threatened with violence to to go against their free will choices and that that's criminal behavior 
forcing someone to when you steal someone's moral ability to make moral free will choices from them you're committing a crime against that person that's initiating physical aggression that's in the physical that's in the physical once again if if i say something mean to you that's not in the physical okay that's me just saying something insulting to you it's not nice i wouldn't do it i don't as long as no one people don't provoke me I, I don't like to insult anybody i mean if i tell someone the truth and that insults them then that's too bad that doesn't affect me at all but i mean just just being i'm not even telling being mean to somebody i've been over this before okay i've been over this before with with telling the truth to people and and the the difference is there but i've been over that in my podcast I'm not going to go into that right now, but if I just say something insulting to somebody, that's not, I'm not stealing their free will. Okay. I'm not stealing their free will, their moral free will from them. But when someone threatens someone with, with violence and extortion and, and crimes, you're absolutely stealing someone's ability to make moral free will choices. That's a crime. Once again, the criminal justice system committing crimes to prevent crimes. And how about that one? How about that one? These drug rules called laws are created by humans. They make up these rules. Okay. And then they, they say these using this substance and having this substance on you is a crime so they make up a crime and then they commit real crimes to punish people for those crimes and prevent those crimes that's even worse than people who act you know use um committing crimes against people who have actually committed real crimes that's let me tell you something folks when a person who's committed a real crime, uh, uh, initiation of physical aggression of some, against someone has an initiation of physical aggression done against them, I do not feel sorry for them, okay? But it's still not the right way to do a society. It, it, it's not a right way, and this is what I want to go over. And I'm probably going to be wrapping up this addiction soon because I really want to start getting into this. And really, that this, this has been a bit of a mixed bag here as far as this episode because i've been talking a lot about this here the criminal justice system and, and 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 getting into natural behavioral laws which all tie into addiction this is all tied together but i, I really want to just mainly cover you know the treatment centers but these people are having crimes committed against them in these treatment centers those are crimes once again you're not preventing crimes you're creating crimes in fact the 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 rules called laws drug called drug laws are actually the creation of crimes false crimes crimes that are not real crimes and then committing crimes talk about complete circular reasoning it's insanity that's insanity um the whole idea of the treatment industry 
concept is is uh, definitely nefarious. It's all just for the most part. Once again, there's many good treatment centers out there, but for the most part, the bulk of treatment centers are just inpatient, especially even outpatient. Outpatient are better. In fact, I think outpatient treatment centers, while inpatient treatment centers could be a real beneficial thing where you have somebody staying in there and you could just pump information into them and they'd have tons of time to just go over it and study it and information that would be intrinsic to them. And I, I'd be willing to bet these people would probably be interested because what, what do they do most of the time with these uh, these clients in here, they're, they're occupying the client's time in these in inpatient treatment centers, times when they're not with their counselor or whatever, playing baby games, playing fucking hangman and, and tic-tac-toe and recovery tic-tac-toe and all that fucking stupid shit. Playing baby fucking games with them, doing It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. When we could be giving them, we could be pumping them full of information, man. Just giving them mad information about everything. Tell the truth about everything, man. Tell the truth about everything. Give people the truth. And people will start recovering, man. Definitely. Definitely. I did. When I started learning the truth, I started really recovering, folks. You know what? That little saying, the truth will set you free. That is, that is... I've experienced that. I can attest to that. The truth will set you free if you do the work. It takes work. It takes work. So the whole treatment industry, this car going by, concept is nefarious. It's it's just it's just pumping people in. Uh, they'll be back. You know, the treatment center that I was in had a martyr wall on it for people who've, 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 I think I mentioned this a little bit in the beginning, who, who, you know, overdosed when they left the rehab. I mean, it's a clear indication. I mean, I'm, I mentioned, I'm like, you, you shouldn't have that wall up there because it's a clear indication that the program doesn't work. I mean, you're boasting that the program doesn't work. It, it, it was a wall in a treatment center that had little paper cut out doves and they would put the person's name that overdosed on it and they would pin it up there, overdose and died, and, and pin it up there, they were former clients. And I'm like, you're pretty much boasting about the fact that your program doesn't work. Nobody ever stopped to think about that. Like they're martyrs and you're, and you're, and you're making these people out to be martyrs. Just really bad shit. And once again, I've been working on so much with my uh, public's uh, mass mind um, stuff that I really didn't. I really didn't go through. I really didn't go through all this treatment center stuff. I didn't go through it that much because I know there's so much more I could talk about. But I'm just trying to wrap up the addictions core series and then I'll start talking about specific smaller things in each one of my episodes. I think this is going to be it because I'm just, I think I'm done with this. Once again, I have so much more information. I could talk about this. I mean, I haven't even, I haven't even, I haven't even gone through about 25% of the information I, I can put out, but 
anyway, um, it's just the treatment industry, as, uh, in quotes. You know, it, it, that concept is it's just nefarious. It, it's it's it, it, we're talking about human beings here, not talking about um, creating, you know, making cars. You know, it's not a, a car assembly line here. You know, these are human beings, and people people just don't think much about it. And it's just these these treatment centers could do so much better. And once again, there are treatment centers out there that do 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 these these good things. And you know, I mentioned Dr. Stanton Peel's uh, life process program. Uh, you know, there there are treatment programs out there that are very beneficial. I also mentioned uh, Dr. Gary Knoll worked in a treatment center for 25 years. And I know he's a very effective uh, person in helping people help themselves. He's got a lot of research to show that he's helped a lot of people help themselves. And the, these treatment centers, really, it's just, it's most of these people who work in these treatment centers <clears throat> just have a hatred, are, are self-loathing themselves, and, and they have a hatred for humanity. That's really what the, the whole idea of, of this addiction as a disease is. It's, it's a hatred for humanity because addiction, addiction is a part of what makes us human. Addiction is a part of our maturation process. Addiction... It, 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 you know, it, it can become pathological, but most of the time addiction is just a normal part of an, a maturation process while people are developing their identity and, and working on their coping skills. Usually, mostly this is like with, uh, I mentioned this with teenagers and young adults, they'll have certain addictions, mostly on the low end of the spectrum, not obsessive compulsive and extremely pathological and dangerous, but, but those kinds of addictions are a sign of much, something much deeper and more, more, more psychologically damaging. But most people, addiction is is a is a, is a part of of human of humanity. It's a part of us, and to call it a disease is to call call people humans a disease. And and most of these treatment center workers have a passionate hatred for themselves. I mean, I don't even have to none of them have ever come up to me and said, hey, I hate myself, but you can see it in their behaviors. You could see it in how they treat others. And these, these treatment centers are not a, a quick cure. I've been through this a little bit. They're not a quick cure. Recovering from addiction takes time. Once again, no matter what treatment regimen you take, it takes time. It took time for a person to become addicted, especially, you know what, it takes time, especially with the very high end of the spectrum, compulsive, obsessive, um, pathological and destructive addictions. That takes a long time because once again, addiction happens over time. People don't just become extreme right away. It, 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 it takes time. It takes time to get there and then it, it takes time to recover from that. And I, I can tell you personally, folks, I've recovered. I've recovered from obsessive, compulsive, destructive, pathological addiction. I've recovered from that. 
I still, I'm still have some things that I'm on the low end of the spectrum with. And I'm continuing to work on those. And I don't know. I think this might be my last episode of this. I might do one more episode just about Addicted America, but I, I think I was actually going to make a video on that. I, I, I think I'm, I think I may be done with this. I don't know. One more episode, maybe. Because I, I think I'm just, I think I need some time to figure out what's, what's going on in my life. So I got a lot of stuff going on. Once again, I'm in New Jersey, and once again, my ability to earn Federal Reserve notes to survive, because I'm living in a society that the whole Federal Reserve monetary system is based in scarcity, and it puts people in survival mode, base survival mode, base brain, base brain kind of like survival mode, um, <clears throat> and uh, I have to figure out how I'm going to survive and they're the we people from New Jersey, other states as well, and other countries as well. I know a lot of you people from other countries are dealing with this as well, man. These these mandates and these these vaccine mandates. I know a lot of people Israel, Israel's really Israel's really struggling, man. I know you people out there. I think about all you people out there around the world. I don't just think of people in here in America. I think of people out there, around the world all the time. I think about my world community. We're all we're all humans. We're all in this together, and, and and that's not collectivism. That's not Marxism. We're in this together as individuals, people who have individual rights, and our individual rights are being destroyed. All rights are individual. All rights come from the individual. All responsibilities come from the individual, and. And I think about all you people out there all the time. I think about the people suffering in Yemen. And Americans are a part of that. Americans are a part of that suffering. Americans are supporting the Saudi Arabians. And there's, you know, American intelligence in there. Americans are a part of that suffering. And that suffering comes on me. And I don't like that because I don't support that. I know people are suffering. And it's just all this suffering. It's all coming down on me, man. It's all weighing on me, man. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to survive to try to keep working on what I need to work on, waking people up like it's going to make any difference. I mean, I'm not naive, but so, yeah, once again, man, uh, you know, what my passion is wanting to work in this treatment industry and, and really try to, to help some people. And now, at least for the moment, I have to take a vaccine to work in one of these places, and I, I'm not doing it. It's a fucking shame. All right. I'm out.